Um, I was always entrepreneurial minded. My mom tells a story about when I was in kindergarten or first grade and our class pictures came home and I wrote $1.75 on the back and was intending to go out and sell it thinking someone would want to buy this great picture. So yes, I've always <laughs> had that bent. <laughs> This week on the show, I have Laura Fabens. She's a seasoned content marketing expert with some awesome advice for those looking to get into content strategy. Laura clears up some of the key differences between content strategy and content creation and shares her strategies for staying productive as an online business owner. Let's get started. Welcome to the Webwork Podcast. Every week, hear inspiring interviews from remote workers, freelancers, and online business owners. And I'm your host, Zach Jones. Hey, Laura, how's it going? It is a beautiful day here, so it's going great. <laughs> it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Uh, just for everybody uh, in the audience, what is your name and what do you do? I am Laura Fabens, and I have my LLC, Lodestone Consulting Services. Right now, uh, my focus is on uh, being a, like a content strategist as well as an email marketing uh, consultant. Mm-hmm. Okay, and for those who don't know, what a content strategist is, what I guess is like the core responsibility of your work. You work with, you know, usually it's the marketing team to um, identify what their current content is, how it could be reused. Um, You do competitive analysis to try and find opportunities and um, you just monitor the results. You also can create content calendars for the various, um, social media channels as well as say blogs okay cool cool so it's it's a i guess it's a little bit if people are more into marketing that's kind of a a step that they might want to get into right it tends to help save them time and uh, focuses their marketing plans a lot better because usually it's far more data driven than let's just try this and see what sticks Mm -hmm. okay and how did you end up in content strategy well, I'd been doing online marketing for quite a number of years, doing doing the actual content creation, um, online advertising, uh, optimization for the search engines. And this just seemed like the next step to go from a producer to an advisor. And also, I really love the analytics. My background is in engineering. So I'm I'm honestly happier when I can just go analyze something and then create a report and go, look. Isn't this cool? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. And were you always interested in marketing or was like when you were a kid, was it something else you wanted to get into? Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be the, uh, president and CEO of IBM. So instead of being (laughs) the head of a multi-billion dollar corporation, I'm the head of a multi-thousand dollar corporation. (laughs) (laughs) But I love the whole entrepreneur spirit. And um, uh, marketing allows you, well, to back up, my first job out of university, I got my electrical engineering degree from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And my first job was technical phone support. And I really learned to care about the customer and, you know, get people what they need. And, um, you know, did the sales promises match what we can actually do, things like that. And so after doing a lot of of programming and uh, program management, I slid into marketing. And it's actually kind of fun, you know, being able to help people, 
get the information that they need for making the best buying decisions. Okay, cool. And were you always kind of entrepreneurial minded or was it kind of like, oh, I'm going to get a job and then go from there and then... Um, I was always entrepreneurial minded. My mom tells a story about when I was in kindergarten or first grade and our class pictures came home and I wrote $1.75 on the back and was intending to go out and sell it thinking someone would want to buy this great picture. So (laughs) I've always (laughs) had that bent. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I guess what does a typical workday look like for you as a content strategist? Um, I tend to break my day up into blocks. So the first thing in the morning is kind of exercise, meditate, um, read a little bit of something inspiring, and just to, to start the day on a very positive foot. And then the next block is the LinkedIn. It's important to always keep your funnel full. I mean, if there's one big mistake I've made over the years, it's I'd get a good client and then I would stop prospecting or stop making those those connections. And, you know, contracts end. And I'd be left with, oh, what am I going to do now? And then you're back to less than square one because you have to start building back up relationships again. Okay. And um, I guess... If you had to say, like, what what are some tactics you use specifically on LinkedIn to find contracts? Well, first it has to start with the the relationship. You know, it's it's. Um, but one of the things that I've done recently that has helped is to. It almost sounds ruthless, but it's not. Um, is to focus on connecting with the people who are in what you want to do. I mean. You, you know, it's different, other relationship building, but when I'm targeting, I'm looking for managing uh, or marketing directors and managers specifically. And, you know, can I connect with them? How can I help them? And then, you know, maybe that will turn into something else unknown. But um, it, it's trying to, f- to find a focus and stick with that focus. Um, okay. And when you reach out to these marketing managers, do you... Uh... Do, do you just like kind of cold connect with them or do you find their email or anything like that? It's a lot of cold, but it, you know, you, you send a, a warm and fuzzy message saying, I'd like to connect with people um, like you. And I've had a pretty good success rate so far with people going, yeah, okay. And then you start the conversation with, hi, you know, who are you? How can I help you? This is who I am. This is what I do and take it from there and then hopefully they want to have a like a discovery call and um, to see how I could possibly help them with some of their challenges and then from there you go on through the 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 sales funnel and then what's really cool of course is when you do sign the contract you get to do the actual work which I love (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I guess it's that's a good tip to you there right there because I feel like I get a lot of LinkedIn messages where people are just trying to sell me something instantly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. You should try to build the relationship first and just try to be a genuine person, I guess. But it's also, <laughs> and then take it from there. It's you know? also remembering though, that it is a business networking platform. So you shouldn't be afraid to bring up that conversation either. And that, that's my biggest challenge right now is, is, you know, asking, is this something you're interested in talking further about? 
Yeah, I guess things move a lot, like, actually probably quite a bit more quickly than, I guess, if you were to message someone on Facebook or something like that. So, yeah, that's cool. It's expected. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And why would you choose content strategy over some other profession, like web development or some other, like, remote profession out there that are kind of a little bit more popular? Uh, Web development is fun. I'm saying, why did you settle on it? Oh, why did I settle on it? (laughs) Um, I settled on it because, uh, like I mentioned, it seemed like the next correct step to go up to be an advisor. Um, It also has an opportunity for uh, a consistent income if you get put on retainer. A web developer, sometimes it's one and done. Sometimes you can get a retainer and, you know, make the updates to the website as needed. But to me, it's, it's important to try and find enough um, consistent clients with, with retainers to, to have that, that regular income that we all need so much to pay our bills. And uh, there's also opportunities um, for expanding. So, like, if I told them, okay, here's some opportunities. You need to look for these categories and possibly put together these videos, then I could conceivably say, oh, by the way, I can also do that for you. And then I can outsource, say, like video creation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess so content it, kind of covers written content and then also things like video content as well, right? And audio content, I'd imagine. Correct. Right. Social media content. Um, gosh, lots and lots of things. I mean, anything that you read, watch, experience is probably content. Yeah. Okay. And um, I guess in terms of your kind of work-life balance when it comes to content strategy, what does that look like? Is it kind of, you think the content strategy industry has a pretty good work-life balance or is it kind of a little bit different? It can, um, as with all things. <laughs> I found that creating procedures helps a lot and they don't have to be complicated. You know, it's just little, you know, things that you do step by step, look for this, check for this, and um, it's actually pretty freeing instead of, of stifling. And it provides a more consistent uh, experience for your, for your clients because they know what they're going to get. But most importantly, I know how long it takes me to go through my, my procedure for a competitive analysis and then my procedure for the content audit. So if I've got a day where I don't know, the beach is kind of nice. I can know that, okay, I've got like three hours. So I can do these two parts, go have some fun, and then come back and do the final reporting or get up early the next day and and finish that up. So it's consistent, and I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. I guess that's also a cool thing about having a remote lifestyle too is that you can kind of work at your own pace or work on your own schedule. So that's really awesome. Right. (laughs) Cool, okay. I couldn't have it any so other way. Number one, yeah. <laughs> so your number one tip, I guess, would be just to create systems and procedures for your work and try to, like, I guess, be as efficient as possible when it comes to your content. Yeah, just you know, you could even uh, set up a recorder or something and record the steps just out loud saying now I'm doing this now I'm doing that and then you can write that all down and expand it out it doesn't have to be 
overwhelmingly scary. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I missing something? And sure, you're going to miss something. That's okay. Because you can like hire someone out to go through it and see how well they did, see what questions they have. And uh, it, it just makes your life as a business owner much easier. Okay. And I guess moving on or segueing from that point, um, what are some strategies as a business owner that you have to kind of keep your workday, like, I guess, to a minimum or um, minimize working hours, I guess? Sure. I do use Google Calendar. I use Evernote. And I use the, um, oh gosh, the full focus planner. It's just, it's got like my goals for the quarter and I can have my ideal day with my work blocks. And um, if I start to get distracted, I go back and I look at why I'm doing this. What are my goals for this week? What are my goals for this month? And usually it's like, okay, I know what I need to do now. Let's get back on track. Uh, And I love Evernote for journaling because it, it helps me think things through. Um, The calendar helps remind me, okay, let's just go put a reminder on this day. I'm going to have to go pay attention to that. And uh, timers. If I'm really having a fuzzy blonde day, I will go and set a timer and say, okay, just do this for 20 minutes and then see what happens. And if you're still feeling fuzzy after that, go for a walk around the block and try again. Okay, that's good. So so really kind of examine yourself and write things down as much as possible right. is what you're saying. Cause then you get to cross it off, okay. which is delightful for people like me. It's like, yay, did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that does help, I guess, with the mental health part of it too. Like you were saying, I think you mentioned that you do a little bit of meditation as well and walking around. Right. The block. I think that's definitely something that can benefit a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of take for granted. <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't sit at our desks so. quite so much. I also have a mini trampoline where I'll just go jump on it for five minutes. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It's a good idea. You just go do something um, different. And then when you come back, uh, it'll be a lot clearer what you were trying to get done. Okay. And uh, I guess moving over to my next question, why did you choose a remote profession over like a traditional tradi- traditional office setting? I did the traditional office setting for quite a few years. And it, it can be exhausting There was one time where I had to go to a meeting for three hours to discuss the color of an LED for a disk drive. And it couldn't be yellow because that meant something in one country. It couldn't be green because that meant something in another country. And it couldn't be orange because that meant something in another country. And we're like, well, that doesn't leave any colors left. And But we couldn't leave the room until we decided which country we were going to insult or something. I don't know. But it was like three hours. And I'm like, I cannot handle this. And... um, but, you know, I did it because I needed the experience. And and then my daughter was born. And I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I, I just want to be able to work from home and work around the schedule so that way I can be there for her. And I did go back to on-site a few different times. She had some some learning disabilities that we had to deal with. And uh, so every time I thought, okay, she's 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 ready and I'd go back to a permanent full-time job something new would pop up and I'd have to quit and go back and take care of her so now it's kind of like okay she's off in college do you want to go back to a permanent full-time on-site job no not really (laughs) (laughs) 
you're kind of too used to it now. I'm, it's good. It is. Yeah, I, and, I, uh, uh, yeah I was just going to say, I think it's that sounds really good that your priorities kind of shifted. And I guess you knew where your priorities were. And uh, yes. I guess it's a lot of things for a lot. Of, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but that definitely does sound like a really big reason to <laughs> enter a remote lifestyle. So that's good. And I think a lot of people are learning that you can have a more balanced lifestyle and right mm-hmm. now with everyone working from home. It's like, gee, it does work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's when you're forced into it, you kind of learn. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I guess my next question, why, or I mean, um, what kind of person does really well as a content strategist and what kind of personalities have you seen that don't really aren't really that successful or kind of wash out very quickly? I think people who like metrics and like analytics uh, will do better than those who don't because it is kind of a little bit hard, hard up against the numbers on that one. You have to be able to read the numbers and then draw conclusions from that and then be able to write reports. So for some, it may be kind of boring because it's not that, that creative content side um so i I would say you know enjoy your enjoy your analytics (laughs) enjoy repeatable processes and uh i think it's it's much better for that personality yeah that's really cool i think there's there's kind of a duality like that in kind of all of marketing where i think there's a creative side and there's an analytical side and those sides need to come together to kind of create something good. that's right so like someone like me <laughs> can good. come up with the keywords and come up with a, a content plan and then the creative people can go oh yay and then go work on their videos and their tweets and things like that so yeah hand okay. in hand like and where said. did you learn content oh sorry uh, where did you learn content strategy uh, what are some resources that you use i um took a class a great class from awai uh, it was site audits made simple, and then um, the freelance writers den had a boot camp specifically on content strategy. So what was funny was is I found out that there was actually a name for what I enjoyed doing, and then I could start focusing all my marketing material and start getting better clients for what I wanted to do. Okay, and do you think that those courses were kind of the are able or enough to kind of set you off and give you a start, or did you think you had to do a little bit more learning? No, those. Just kind I of think, yeah, I think those are those are great. And then on your own, definitely learn, you know, some tools like the Google Search Console, Google Analytics, SEM Rush, um, Moz, anything that gives you the the analytics and statistics. And um, find ways to do uh, competitive analysis. A lot of that's just just playing around and and um, finding like the resources that help show you what they're doing. There are ways of spying easily on, say, what your competitors is advertising on Facebook. In fact, Facebook will tell you. And I just posted that on LinkedIn today about going into the page that you're curious about and then going down to page transparency. And then you can do see all and it, it shows you all of the advertisements that, that they've done and the results and how well it worked. So I'm like, cool. 
Yeah, I guess a lot of people, I think, when they get into marketing, it's like they want to reinvent the wheel. But I think it's more like, look at what your competitors are doing, see what's successful, and then yeah, don't copy it verbatim, but, you know, like, use it as inspiration. <laughs> good. When I was a web designer, I told people, look at what Amazon is doing if you want usability, because they're spending millions of dollars, so you might as well use their money to make your website better. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. <laughs> that's definitely true. Um, and I guess, was there a moment when you were like, I know that content strategy is the thing for me? Or did you kind of could you kind of just gradually grow into it where you were like, okay, I guess I do like this, you know? Well, I was always trying to find the jobs or the, the contracts that would be more analytical because I enjoyed, like, with search engine optimization, doing the analysis. And then um, once I ended up taking the course and finding out what the, what the actual title was, I'm like, okay, that, that's me. That's what I want to do. Because that has everything in it that I enjoy. Okay. So it was just finding the right, um, it was just finding the right uh, title and, and going, oh, yes, that's it. But yeah, I guess okay. I kind of cool. always knew. Okay, that's good. So you were always kind of analytical-minded, and you were like, okay, I like to play with numbers and see what works and what doesn't? Yes. Okay. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess moving on to the email marketing strategy side, because you said that you kind of do a little bit of both in your business. Um, yes. Can you explain like what email marketing strategy is for those who don't know? Email marketing is... Um, trying to get the right message out to the right people without them feeling like overwhelmed or that they're spamming. I mean, you want them to look forward to your email. So you have to look carefully at your messaging. You might want to look into automation, uh, which customizes who sees what information, like just like wonderful tags that get put in. And um, oh, in a nutshell, it's, it's a wonderful way of communicating. Uh, it's a wonderful way of communicating with your uh, clients and bringing them back to your website and getting them excited and educated and entertained. Okay. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that email is kind of the best, still one of the best platforms right now for just engaging with people. I think it has some of the highest engagement rates I've seen out of. Yeah. Like, Cause you know, I mean, people in email, like it's a little bit more personal. So they're, they're usually a little bit more, inclined to click on something right in their email than they are on social media and usually they know they've signed yeah. up for it <laughs> so and how did you end up in email marketing was that kind of just a kind of the tail end of your content strategy business or were you just like okay i want to do both of these? no i actually fell into that one um i'd been doing uh i went back to program management and when I was working for this one company and then uh, they got, they got purchased by another company. So, you know, you knew it was going to end at some point and the person who was doing the email marketing um, was leaving and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of interested in that. Tell me about that. So I learned a crash course on email marketing for newspapers and, um, and I, I learned cheetah mail and I learned about, 
you know, pulling in different segments and helping sales. I loved that part of it, of coming up with, okay, we can reach 250,000 people in the high household income and da, 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 da. And sales loved me because I was doing what I loved doing best, which was the analytics and the data. And, um, but yeah, from there I, I learned from Lyris the best practices, you know, how to, how to make it personal, how to increase engagement, how to increase people signing up. And I just kind of kept continuing from there. I've written a lot of newsletters, uh, but recently I've, I've been more into the autoresponders. Okay, cool. So I, I guess for those who don't know, an autoresponder is, is basically like when someone fills out an email or like put in your email to get so-and-so. Uh, it'll give them a series of emails that come in. Right. And you're, once the lead, you're in charge of yeah. writing and designing. Yeah. Once the okay. lead magnet gets, gets agreed upon, um, then, then yeah, it's it. And then uh, you can tag it from there, depending upon if they click this one, send them to this autoresponder series uh, because they've shown interest. And then if they don't go to this next autoresponder, I mean, all that logic is so much fun. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like something you don't really associate with marketing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like having Well, the like other thing that I steps. Yeah, oh, well, sorry. I mean, that's why I like it. But I was going to say I also really really love chatbots, but I haven't I haven't opened my doors to that one yet. I just love chatbots because it's logic, um, it's customer support which I enjoyed, it's sales which can be fun, you know, sales support and it, it's just so cool. I'm like, okay, do I go dip my toe in the water or do I stay focused on what I do best? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's something that's associated with, with uh, development more. People think like, oh, like logic, that's got to be some sort of like, you know, programming or something like that. But I guess in marketing, right? it's like, yeah. yeah, you just build, if someone does this, do this. If someone does that, do that. And it's, that's cool. <laughs> that's right. Um. I guess we're, we're running a little bit out of time here. I just want to keep this a little okay. short. Um, but I guess my last question for you is, if you weren't doing content strategy, if you weren't doing email marketing at all, um, and you couldn't do it for the rest of your life, um, what would you be doing as a career right now? I'd probably be in program management telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did love program management quite a bit because I could really make a difference helping uh, lighten the loads and, you know, opening up pathways to help people do what they needed to do best. And uh, sometimes I think I like that about the content strategy is that I'm making a difference helping people do their job better. And uh, Okay, that's cool. So program management, I guess, is just... Um, explaining it's it just managing specific uh, areas of companies uh, or teams. Or well, anything. when I was at Cisco, I was program managing a multi-million dollar audio video project. And so there were like six or seven different teams, engineering, uh, support, QA, and just managing the schedule to make sure that everything was on time, that all the, the little moving pieces were lining up. If there were any communication problems, I would pop in and help clear that. And uh, just things, the fun things like that of just stepping in and keeping it all working smoothly. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, and, and Laura, where can people find out more about you? 
at my business website is lodestone, L-O-D-E-S-T-O-N-E dash C-S dot com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. All right, Laura. Well, uh, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. And uh, Laura Fabin's on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. If, if you just switch the name together, L-A-R-A-F-A-B-A-N-S, um, the, I'll pop right up. <laughs> oh, cool. I'll be sure to put that down below. Awesome. Well, thanks, Laura. Thank Hope you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. A huge thanks to Laura for coming on the show. And if you'd like to learn more about her, you can find her over at lodestone-cs.com. That's L-O-D-E stone-cs.com. Or find her on LinkedIn by searching Laura Fabens. See you next week. Thank you.